drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi guys, welcome to week 39 of pregnancy. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. I'm right there with you at 39 weeks pregnant today. And this is actually my last week of pregnancy. Really my last few days of pregnancy, actually. Um, I'm going into deliver in two days. I'm freaking out. I know most people don't really know exactly when they're going in. I've got a scheduled C-section situation happening in T minus two days. And your girl's freaking out. I'm not going to lie. But it is go time, baby. Let's do this. Oh, my gosh. Well, off the bat, okay, I have to apologize in advance if you hear any background noise happening. I mean, this week is just a shit show. We're trying to get so much done over here, you know, with two days left to go. We have like five people in our house working. You might hear some echoing. You might hear some hammering. I'm sorry, but we're, I'm on crunch time right now. I, this is literally the last day I can record this podcast. So here we are. And I usually record these episodes at the end of each week so that I can like give my full perspective of the week. Obviously, it's a little bit different this week because I'm going to be in the hospital for most of it. But I do promise I will. I'll come back. I'll tell you how everything went down. We'll do a little delivery episode eventually. I have no idea. I have no idea how I'm going to be with this recovery. I mean, knowing me, I'm like the world's biggest baby. So I might be taking some time off for a minute, but hopefully I'll be back soon and I will give you the full play by play. You know that I will. But so far, week 39, um, all I've really done so far is I've had a doctor's appointment. We actually went to the doctor today just to kind of, it was actually our last OB appointment, which is so weird. I've, I think back to all of the doctor's appointments I've had over the last almost 10 months, which is wild, but went in, it was a super quick appointment. Um, most of you who are delivering not normally, naturally, I should say, no, vaginally, I'll say delivering vaginally. I'm trying to stop saying normally because C-sections are becoming pretty normal too. But um, for most of you who are delivering vaginally, your your appointments are going to look a little bit different. You're probably getting a cervical exam. Mine, she just, you know, did a little sonogram. We immediately saw that my baby was still in the breech position. And really our whole appointment was just kind of going over how our C-section was going to go down. You know, I had got to ask the doctor all kinds of questions. I got to make all kinds of requests, um, which we t- we talked a little bit about last week, how, you know, you can kind of customize your birth plan and ask for certain things. So like so a couple of things I asked for this week are like that I, I want skin to skin immediately. When it comes to a C-section, I asked that like my arms not be pinned down so that I could like hold my baby right away. I asked a little bit about, you know, the cosmetic side of like how they were going to do like the suturing for the scar, all that good stuff. But yeah, this was kind of our last appointment to kind of go over those final questions and do a whole run through. 
I actually like, so she, you know, she answered a bunch of our questions, went over everything, you know, we needed to know for the C-section. I almost wish we didn't go through it in as much detail as we did. Like I learned a little bit too much of what's going on when they opened me up, which I kind of wish that I didn't. I definitely, I mean, I fully cried after the appointment. (laughs) If you guys have been listening for a while, you're probably sensing a pattern here. I pretty much cry after every OB appointment the last like few weeks just because I'm scared but you know we, we're 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 getting there we're getting there I've been doing a lot of things I've been doing I, I've been telling myself a lot of mantras this week that have kind of helped me just because the fear is real and you know I think most of us are going to have a level of anxiety especially us first timers who just have no idea what we're in store for and actually maybe second and third timers too, because you do know what you're we're in store for that you're extra nervous. But I wanted to give you guys a few of the mantras that I, that have helped me this week. So feel free to use any of these if they help. I actually read this first one, um, somewhere this week. I think I was like on social media, but I really liked it. It's you're strong as fuck. And being strong doesn't mean that there's an absence of fear. It's okay to be scared. I don't know why I read that this week and it really it really resonated with me like you don't have to have an absence of fear during this time. I think having fear is part of the process and trying to like I've been trying to put a stranglehold on my fear and like not acknowledge it and just kind of, you know, Heisman it away. And that's not really happening. So I liked this, this little mantra, like you can still be strong, even if you're scared and like you're stronger than you realize. Like, that's just something I've been telling myself over and over and over again. Another thing I've been doing is I keep visualizing myself saying afterwards that it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like that's when I, when I do my visualization practices, that's one of the things like when I'm holding my baby, it's after the surgery has already happened. And I keep saying, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I think you can use that no matter how you're giving birth. (laughs) And I just, I, you know, it might not be true in the actual moment, but I just want, like, if you're going to kind of dream up your dream birth like I just keep thinking that that's what I want to say at the end of it it's like whoa that actually wasn't as bad as I thought just a little manifestation you know sprinkled in there another thing I keep telling myself is that millions of babies are born every single day and that I'm very lucky to be delivering in a time and place where we have like all kinds of modern technology and safeguards like it's going to be okay. You know, not everybody has the luxury of delivering the way that we get to deliver. You know, some people deliver in huts. Some people are delivering right now in like bomb shelters, you know? So the fact that I'm, I am in a safe place and I have a good team around me, I feel very, very lucky. I keep trying to tell myself like how lucky I am um, to be delivering this way. And then another thing I keep telling myself is that the trophy is the baby, not the delivery method. You know, it's been kind of a rough couple weeks trying to wrap my brain around that like I'm not able to deliver the way that I wanted to. And like I really didn't want a C-section from the get-go. That was my biggest fear. Getting Even getting pregnant, that was my biggest fear that I would have to get a C-section one day. And it's coming true. <laughs> but... 
you know, I'm trying to set aside the disappointment of that because that's not what this is about. At the end of the day, the baby is the prize. You know, you get your little one at the end of this. And no matter how they come into the world, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like just getting them is the freaking prize. So that's something I keep whenever I start to feel a little sad that I'm not um, delivering normally or naturally or fuck vaginally. That's what I tell myself. And I want to give a quick note to any of my mamas out there who go through labor because there is going to be a percentage of us that actually go through labor and everything looks good and you're perfectly poised to like give birth vaginally. And then you might have to get a C-section. Like that has happened to several of my friends. My sister-in-law who just gave birth a week and a half ago, shout out Steph, you're a fucking trooper. She had a 30 hour labor And then had to get a C-section afterwards. So you might be in a position where you're laboring and you get told that you're going to have to get a C-section and, you know, you're, you might feel a certain type of way. You might become overwhelmed with that information. And I just want you to remember that we are so lucky to live in a time that we have C-sections that are super, super safe. And many times they are necessary to keep you and the baby perfectly safe. So it's a great thing that we have them doctors perform them nonstop. Like what my doctor is telling me today, she's like, it's honestly like driving a car for me. Like that's how often we do. I do it. So take a little comfort in that. You know, you gotta, I think we all in the birthing process, no matter how we're delivering, all have to let go a little bit and just trust the process and focus on that prize, focus on the end goal, which is that healthy baby in your arms at the end of this, you know? That it, oh, and I mean, the prize of not having to be pregnant anymore. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I like to focus on that too. I'm just like, I like to think of that moment when my organs are back in their normal spot in my body and like what a relief that's going to be like, you know? So I hope maybe some of those mantras or things that I'm telling myself maybe help you if, if you're getting nervous leading up to birth because we're getting there, guys. We got this. All right. Another thing I wanted to talk about this week real quick is I wanted to talk a little bit about recovery because this has been a theme with a lot of my friends who have, you know, been first time moms have told me that they're always, they they were shocked afterwards at what recovery looked like and that like nobody prepared them for what recovery looks like. So I obviously like, I think once I go through it, I'll be able, I will be able to give a better picture of what recovery is really like. And I will record an episode about it eventually. (laughs) But I did want to give us just a couple of things to like help us wrap our brain around what's coming because recovery is real. Like the birth is, you know, a, a couple days in the hospital, But the recovery is a little bit of a longer period. And I think we all just need to be prepared for what's coming. So no matter how you give birth, those first six weeks postpartum are considered the recovery period. So keep in mind that every new mom is different. Every woman will recover at a different rate. 
and with different symptoms. But definitely, especially if, you, if you're given a, a vaginal birth, expect that first week to be the worst of it. If you did give a vaginal birth, you're also going to be wondering how long it will take for soreness to go away and your perineum to heal. So for those things to happen, recovery can take anywhere from three weeks if you didn't tear to six weeks or more if you had a perennial tear or an episiotomy, which is when your doctor has to make some cuts um, around your perineum to make way for, for baby. So that if that happens, your, your recovery may be a little bit longer. You may experience more, more soreness and more pain in that area. And if you delivered by C-section, expect to spend obviously the first three to four days postpartum in the hospital recovering. And know that it's really those first two weeks are really the worst of it. So anybody delivering with a C-section kind of has to prepare for a little bit of a longer rough patch in that first be- that first part. Um, and I have heard like those first two weeks, like just take it fucking easy. Like even if you are feeling pretty good, like I mentioned my um, my sister-in-law who, who just had a, a baby a week and a half ago. She's doing great. She had a C-section and she is like up and moving around and feeling pretty good. But they do say for those first two weeks, even if you're feeling pretty decent, just to take it super, super easy because you did have abdominal surgery and you don't want to like tear anything or mess anything up. You really want your body to like relax and heal. So just like with the vaginal birth with a C-section, it's still going to take those four to six weeks before you're kind of feeling back to normal-ish. And depending on whether you pushed beforehand and for how long, you can also expect to have some perennial pain. And when we talk about recovery, so for those first six weeks, one of the big things you have to be prepared for is just bleeding. Like you're going to be bleeding a lot, which I didn't really know. I, I mean, I had an idea that it would maybe be like a period, maybe like a week or so. It's much longer than that. It's exactly what they said around like six weeks of bleeding. So after you give birth, postpartum bleeding can last for up to six weeks. It will be just like a very heavy period made up of leftover blood, tissue from your uterus and mucus. So bleeding is the heaviest for the first three to 10 days, and then it will start to taper off, but you're still going to have to wear pads because this is a time that you can't really wear tampons. So like when I think about that, I'm like, that actually sounds pretty uncomfortable. Like I haven't worn like a giant pad since I was in seventh grade, you know, and that was only for like a couple days out of the month. Like six weeks is a long time to uh, have to wear a pad and or and or diapers <laughs> because adult diapers are, are real. I've, I've bought some. I'm prepped and ready to go. But um, yeah, I think just wrapping your brain around that period of time and it, and it does last. I was just talking to another girlfriend who had a baby five weeks ago and she's like, oh yeah, I'm still bleeding. I'm still wearing pads. I'm like, oh, wonderful. So I think everyone will be a little bit different with this. You might be one of the lucky ones who doesn't bleed up for the full six weeks, but many of us will. So that's just something to kind of think about. And I did want to give a couple things that will help with the healing process. And again, I think I'm going to do a whole recovery episode after the fact when I know a little bit more about this stuff because I will have gone through it. But here's just a couple of things that will help. So you're going to want to ice your perineum every couple of hours for the first 24 hours post-birth. You're going to want to spray warm water over the area before and after peeing. 
which with like a peri or squirt bottle to keep urine from irritating torn skin. And you can also try a warm sits baths for 20 minutes a few times a day to ease pain in that area. So I think that's that's mostly um, for a vaginal birth. For a C-section, I've actually heard, because I, I bought all the sits bath stuff to do that. And um, I think when you have a C-section, you cannot, you cannot take a bath for six weeks. So recovery is going to look a little bit different. But when it comes to icing, you're going to want to be icing your scar for, I think, a, a, a while. You're going to want to aim to avoid long periods of standing or sitting or sleeping on your side. You're also going to want to ease aches and pains with Tylenol. This is a good time to stock up on Tylenol and take it as necessary. Uh, they always say with pain medication, you don't want to like get to a point where you're in insufferable pain. You kind of want to be consistent with taking your Tylenol um, as directed on the bottle or as directed by your doctor. You know, it might be once every four to six hours and just being consistent with taking that so that you never kind of like get to a super painful place, um, especially in those first few days after birth. So another tip that will help with the healing process is to keep taking a stool softener every day because you're going to want to avoid any straining um, at this point, especially while you're trying to heal. So you should be taking a stool softener. If you're not already, probably um, start that now because it'll help and you're going to continue that through your recovery. So you're not straining. And then another tip is to is to help with preventing and treating cracked nips. They say to invest in some lanolin. So lanolin cream can help with that, and especially if you plan on breastfeeding. I've gotten a couple other recommendations that I personally want to try before I give them on this podcast. So stay tuned for that. And then another tip is to use a postpartum recovery belt or a belly bandit is, is one that a lot of people use, which can kind of help keep things in place, especially once the baby's out of your stomach. I've heard it's like kind of a weird feeling of just like feeling really loose and strange. So pretty quickly after delivering, they're going to actually like allow you to wear that recovery belt. And I actually, I didn't realize this. I was wondering if you still did that with a C-section, but apparently you do. So, um, I'm bringing one to the hospital. I think my doctor even said, I think that they, they are going to give me one, but I'm bringing a backup just in case. Uh, another thing to have on hand is nursing pads. So especially if you're planning on breastfeeding, but even if you're not like your milk might still come in. And if you choose not to breastfeed, that's like totally up to you, but you may leak a little bit. So you might want to invest in some nursing pads that will help with those leaks. And you're just going to put them, you know, in your bra for those first few weeks postpartum. (laughs) Hopefully that, hopefully that helps. Like I said, I feel like I still have a lot to learn when it comes to recovery. And I feel like I'm probably going to be learning it on the fly as I'm going through it. So I promise you, I will make sure to share anything that like really helps me or, you know, any products that I use that that really work. But I want to go through it first before, you know, we, we talk about that further. This podcast is brought to you by Parallel, the first and only OBGYN-founded prenatal vitamin with targeted nutrients for each stage of motherhood. 
We all know it's important to take a prenatal vitamin throughout pregnancy, but Parallel takes it a step further by bundling together all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one simple packet based on where she is in her pregnancy. Right now, we are in the third trimester, and Parallel's third trimester pack helps prepare your body for birth while supporting your baby's rapid growth with a mix of probiotics, additional calcium and magnesium, added omegas, and of course, that full spectrum prenatal vitamin. So wherever you are in your pregnancy journey, check out ParallelHealth.com. They are offering a special 20% discount just for our listeners with code BIGKID20. Again, that's ParallelHealth.com and use that code BIGKID20 for 20% off. All right, guys, let's talk about symptoms for week 39. I would say the number one symptom at this week is just being fucking over it. Like, I'm at a point where I can't do this much longer. Um, I mean, even like I'm going out in public, I I should be taking pictures of what I look like when I leave the house. Like I just don't give a fuck anymore. Like I am not brushing my hair. I'm not putting on any makeup. My belly is hanging out. (laughs) Like I'm in sweats. I'm, I'm just trying, I'm, I'm aiming for comfort here. You know, like, I think that's the biggest thing. It actually had me laughing. I, I, I've been getting questions like leading up to the big day. People are like, what do you plan on wearing home from the hospital? And I'm like, you guys are asking the wrong person because like that is, does not seem like a fashion forward moment for me. Like I, if I'm in a diaper, like I'm, I don't plan on dressing up or like even planning an outfit like I'm most likely going to be in sweatpants and a a sweatshirt and I'm probably going to wear that same outfit for like the full time in the hospital I'm going to pack options but just knowing me I feel like I'll probably I'll be looking pretty gnarly leaving that hospital but anyway if you're feeling over it I think that that is pretty par for the course and and I, I honestly think it's by design you know like giving birth is really scary, but we get so sick and tired of being pregnant by this stage that like almost the the thought of not being pregnant is more powerful than the fear of birth. If that makes sense. I think that that is, that's kind of true. Some other symptoms at week 39, obviously the ones we've been talking about a lot, you know, pelvic pressure, lightning crotch, getting the urge to nest, fatigue, Braxton Hicks contractions might be pretty strong around now. I know I've had a lot of contractions over the last few days. Like I've been nervous the last few days. I'm like, am I going into labor before my scheduled C-section? Like that's scary. But um, it's all been Braxton Hicks. It's, It's hard to tell in the moment, like when you just feel like tight contractions. So whenever I start having them like consistently, I just time them. Like that's what my doctors told me to do is just, you know, make sure you're timing them out. If they start getting really close together and like are consistently five minutes apart, you might actually be in labor. And we, we've talked a little bit about that. But, you know, you, you're going to want to call your doctor if, if for whatever reason you think that those Braxton Hicks contractions might be real contractions. Another big symptom at week 39 is trouble sleeping. I mean, I don't I don't know what's better for anxiety of like not knowing when you're going into labor or knowing when you're going into labor because the fact that I know like the date and time that I have am having this kid, like it's been hard to sleep. Like I know like 
leading up to this week. Um, and even the last few days, especially like I just try to close my eyes at night and I am overwhelmed by a lot of thoughts coming in. (laughs) Um, you know, just knowing that it's, it's coming and like when exactly it's coming, it's, it's, it's making me have trouble sleeping. But even if you don't know when you're, when you're going to come, maybe it's even worse. I don't know. It's hard to give a perspective on that because it's not my case. But what I read across the board is that all of us are going to just be having a lot of a hard time sleeping right now. And then the other symptom I, I wrote this down is just, I think it's pretty normal to have a lot of emotions right now, like a lot of emotions. I have been doing lots of stuff. I think I talked about it last week, um, trying to like just get a hold on the anxiety of birth. But I think it's okay. Like we said a little bit earlier, like being scared is normal. You know, I'm trying to allow myself, like especially when I want to cry, like I'm like, you like Sarah, cry. Like it's okay to cry. Uh, Like I did today after the doctor's appointment. I allowed myself to have a good cry after that. I think it's very normal. I mean, we have so many hormones and stuff going on anyway. Tackle on the, you know, um, fear of birth, the realization that this baby is coming and like there's so much change. It's a lot right now. So it's okay to feel your feelings is what I'm trying to say. All right, real quick. Let's talk about what's happening with baby at week 39. So baby is as big as a pumpkin this week. And that finally feels right. Like some of these vegetables they've been comparing to every week. I'm like, what? But a pumpkin feels about right. Like it's just, it's large. I feel like I'm fucking carrying around a giant ass pumpkin. I don't know. We've crossed into seven pound territory. They're now about 7.3 pounds and about 20 inches long. So that baby is, that baby is ready. You know what I mean? Like, and now actually at week 39, they are considered full term. So that's exciting. They are cooked. That baby is cooked and ready to go. And while their body isn't growing as much at this stage, their brain is. So your baby's brain is already 30% bigger than it was just four weeks ago. That's kind of crazy to think about. So another thing that's happening with baby is their pinkish skin has turned whitish or whitish grayish and won't actually have pigment no matter what their eventual skin color will be until shortly after birth. So that's always interesting. Like the color that they come out isn't necessarily isn't necessarily the color that they're going to stay. And This I thought was kind of a fun fact. We all know that babies come out of the womb ready to cry. But what you may not have heard is that tiny babies don't produce tiny tears when they cry since their tear ducts aren't fully developed. So it won't be until sometime after the first month that you'll actually be wiping tears off of their little cheeks. I just thought that was that was weird. I didn't realize that, that they don't make tears yet. But they do, they do cry. <laughs> that is for sure. All right, let's talk some tips and to dos for this week so that I can go lay down. Um, one that I, I got from a couple of friends, and I did read this this week too, is they suggest cooking meals that you can put in the freezer so that once you get home from the hospital in those like first couple weeks that you get home, um, you you have food, you know, ready for you in the freezer. One of my girlfriends was like, this was like such a great way for me to relax that those last couple, you know, week that last week or so 
depends on what you define as relaxing. I actually usually love to cook, but I have not wanted to at all. And I've been so exhausted. Like the idea of cooking right now just doesn't sound, doesn't sound great to me. And I also feel like that maybe this was a tip for like, like older generations, like before we had Postmates. Like I know when one of my best friends had um, a baby last year, I kept like offering to bring her food. I was like, can I bring you anything? Like I can make you a casserole. I can make you anything. I'll bring it over. She's like, we have Postmates. Like we're good. Like I don't know why everyone keeps trying to bring us food. Like we're fine. So maybe the whole like cooking and prepping meals thing is a tip for the past. But hey, if it brings you joy, if it helps take your mind off of what's coming, then cook away, babe, cook away. Another tip. So I did not know this until today. And now I'm like a little bit stressed out, but another tip is to wash any baby blankets, baby clothes that they are going to be wearing. I didn't think about this. Like I just like, you know, when I got clothes, folded them and put them in the drawer, but it's probably a good idea to wash them ahead of time. You know, I think about like, you know, I went to Target and got some stuff. Like I imagine how many people probably touched those same clothes. Like it kind of makes sense to wash them ahead of time. And the same goes for baby blankets. So I'm going to be doing some loads of laundry between now and tomorrow. Same goes for any bottles or pacifiers you plan on using. So I didn't know that either. Yeah, you have to sterilize um, your bottles and pacifiers before you use them. I have a couple pacifiers we're going to try and just um, get those all sterilized today so that they're ready to go if we need them. And then the last tip for this week is obviously one I've been giving a lot, but like cannot stress enough. And one that I'm really trying to take to heart this week is just to get in some R&R. I'm actually kind of mad at myself because even with, even with knowing the date and time of when I'm delivering, I've somehow managed to like pack this week's schedule with like shit I need to get done. And I'm not feeling very relaxed, to be honest. I'm actually feeling quite, quite stressed with all the things that we need to get done around this house. But I think it's important to, you know, try and put some time away for some R&R. So getting a manicure. I just got a manicure. I got my nails cut like super short. I'm used to having like longer nails. Nope. Cutting them short, getting those, getting them ready for those diaper changes. Um, I booked a massage and I'm getting my hair done tomorrow, which will be nice because it's looking pretty haggard right now. But yeah, try and block off some, some, a little TLC for you and your husband too. I mean, it's a stressful time for them too. I, we, I tried to get a couple's massage for me and Brandon, but it didn't work out. Sorry, B. But I'll be getting a massage Thursday night before walking into the OR at 6 a.m. the next morning. So guys, that is all that I have for week 39. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me on this pregnancy journey. Um, Up until now, I cannot believe like this is the last week, at least for me, for pregnancy, which is I still I honestly have not wrapped my head around it. I don't think I've processed it. I'm in a little bit of denial. Uh, I still somehow feel like I have time. People keep telling me like, oh my God, are you ready for Friday? Are you ready in two days? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm just, I don't know. I am not there yet, but I, I, I'm sure I will be when we're driving to that hospital on Friday morning. 
I wish am wishing all of you so much luck at 39 weeks. I know I'm not going to be the only one delivering at, on this podcast. So good luck to all of you too. If you've enjoyed this show, please make sure to hit those five little stars on iTunes. I really, really appreciate it. Tell your friends, pass along this podcast uh, to any anybody else you know who's pregnant or even after the fact, this, the show's going to live on. So, um, make sure to, to pass it along to anyone who needs it. In the meantime, you can follow me on social. I'll be posting probably on my personal Instagram before I'll be posting on big kid problems after I give birth, but you can check in with me on my personal at Sarah Merrill underscore hall. Obviously you can follow me on big kid problems too. I don't know how I'm going to be on Friday. I imagine I won't be able to help myself from posting photos of my new baby. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully, you know, everything goes well, everything goes smooth. We're just going to say that it, it will, it will, it's going to be great. But anyway, love you guys. Thank you for all the kind words too. I've gotten so many messages and sweet DMS from so many of you who have followed along and, um, it's all going to be good. It's going to be great for all of us. Let's freaking do this. I'm not afraid of